0: You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture, and China, and full access to The Economist podcast plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot,
1: Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage
2: all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage.
0: No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians Network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com.
3: We're recording and we're going live. So. Right, I'll let you know. You already hit the record button over there. Yeah,
4: oh, that is so. Fun.
1: Boiler up, hammer down. Boiler up.
3: There we are. We are live to B- the Patreon, not the Patreon, the regular group now. BTFU,
2: I think is the uh, that's what the kids say. So I'm sharing this to the uh, to the world here. Live now. Can't do you do Facebook? Are you are you a Facebooker?
1: No, I'm on LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Yeah. I got off Facebook about four years five years ago.
5: Probably a smart move. Yeah. If it wasn't <laughs> Oh, it was. It was. <laughs> if it wasn't for the show, it probably wouldn't uh Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't it would be on a, I wouldn't be on Facebook if it wasn't for this. Well there's just too many
1: distractions and some of the things that are <laughs> are posted on there uh, I don't have time for. Oh uh, so yeah. understand. That's <laughs> why I joined the uh, LinkedIn more professional. There you
2: go. All right. Well, we will welcome everybody to the Boss Hog Liberty podcast. This is episode number 105 of Essential India's favorite podcast. I'm Jeremiah Morrill. Today I'm joined by co-host Dakota Davis. Over on my right is Cade Kilger and we got producer Chris Guffey.
5: Hello. Today's episode is featuring Mr. Kent Benson, who, uh, is a local hometown hero, a uh, Newcastle legend. He, Kent played, uh, college basketball for IU not just played though he he ended up leading a almost undefeated season undefeated uh, season undefeated well i'm talking about 74 7475 yeah 7 yeah, you you guys only lost one, one game year. that season mm-hmm. and then um of course in 75 or the 76 season you guys were the uh the national champions undefeated
1: so, national champions Yeah. and so no one's done it
5: since 43 years wow oh, i didn't know that fact well, of course you know more than what I do. <laughs> <laughs> you were there. <laughs> so, he, you also played 11 uh, 11 seasons in the I, seasons in the NBA and then also went and played basketball in Italy. So we're going to be talking to Kent about all those things. Um and then we're going to be talking about the city of Newcastle because even though Kent got to play basketball everywhere, even in Italy, he still came back to New, uh, the city of Newcastle. So we're going to talk about uh, that. Make sure you stick around to the very end to hear it.
2: There we go. We do want to thank all of our Patreon folks that help support the show. Uh, you guys are uh, are what uh, what makes the world go around. This uh, this show is about our lives in rural Indiana. As always, we promise episodes can be a fun and an easy listen. Patreon thank you list.
5: Yes, we need to thank all of you people that keep the lights on, keep the bills paid and the Internet running over here and pay producer Chris Guffey's salary. Which is 2% into my 401k of a zero salary.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But if you invest it wisely.
5: (laughs) So thank you, Christopher Bilberry, Brantley Spicer, Christy Avery, Jonathan Phillips, and Craig DeCosta. You guys are the top contributors on Patreon. Also, we want to pitch the Amazon wish list for a minute today. Uh, On the Amazon wish list, we do have some new equipment for uh, video streaming to make this production, this side of the production, a lot better for everybody that's watching. You want to go from a one-camera setup to a three-camera setup, yes. so
2: that we can really test Chris Guffey and his yes. and his abilities.
5: And it'll—he'll be able to put graphics on the screen. Uh, he'll be able to play videos superimposed onto our video as it's streaming live. Can do all kinds of really cool things. So uh, head over to the Amazon wish list if you want to contribute to that cause.
3: You guys are running out of TV services to offer me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you have been paid. You, originally, I was. Saying you were just in Netflix and tonight, really more for my convenience. I, I gave you my YouTube TV yep. subscription. I added you to the family. Yep. And uh, immediately, my wife messaged, and apparently, she got an email saying that Chris goff was also, added to. I her also family. got an email because <laughs> <laughs> you're a lurker too. Uh, but it, it was really for my convenience because I'm like, I want to, I want you to play the game, and I don't want to give him my YouTube. So I now with that laptop over there, he can cast it to the TV across the way, and we can watch the games. Brilliant. It's amazing. It's an incredible world we live in. Back, back in the day, Kent, if you wanted to watch it, watch a game, you had to get your rabbit out and watch channel four, right? Channel four,
1: absolutely. And I remember being the channel changers as well. You, you had to do <laughs> it. Or the volume up. You know, you had to get up and turn the volume up or change the channel. What do you do for TV
2: nowadays? You have the, the, the cable connection. You got direct TV. What's your, uh, what, met, what, met, what
1: happens in the Benson household? Uh, Metronet. Metronet. Uh, and I have the Heck, high yeah. speed internet as well. Yep that's
2: that we run our entire all of this stuff runs on Metronet internet. Yep. That's uh the gigabit it's possible yeah. it's fiber optics. Yeah. And a gigabit it's <laughs> we've talked about a lot of times about the the things Henry County has and Newcastle has. That fiber optic makes um makes it possible for us to do a a high definition video podcast uh from downtown Newcastle, Indiana. Eventually
5: so. with three cameras.
2: Eventually a three camera <laughs> setup. We're going to keep we're going to keep pushing the limits. There's always there's always some sort of a bottleneck. You don't know yes. it's the it's a computer or it's a computer, it's it's sound equipment or it's cameras, or it's always improving. You're always pushing. I we've come a long way. It's it's, a, it's ridiculous.
5: So if you are a Patreon member then you got to hear us introduce Kent a little bit more. But uh for those of you who don't know and are just now coming in um You played basketball for Newcastle Chrysler, then, high school, right? Walter P. Chrysler High School, yes. And uh, your Wikipedia entry says that you played for three seasons. But you corrected corrected Uh, me earlier today. You actually played for four varsity seasons at Newcastle High School, right?
1: That's correct. I was the the first freshman player since uh, Jerry Ellis played back in 1948 uh, he graduated with my mom and dad in 1951 and, uh, was a great player. And then, uh, coach Cecil tag, my high school coach. Um, I'll never forget the day that, uh, he came to our home and, and, uh, spoke with mom and dad and myself and, and said that he would like to bring a, bring me up to, to play on the varsity as a freshman. And, uh, of course, uh, Knowing that Jerry Ellis was a, a family friend and everything, and and the tremendous success that he had, why it was a tremendous honor for me.
2: Very cool. Oh, that's awesome. And obviously, at that time, we we Newcastle already had the Fieldhouse, so you were coming into not oh when yeah, I played, for yeah. you, oh, not, yes. not with Jerry, but but in your in your time when you got to play, you that's were great. playing in front of eighty five hundred to ten thousand people a night.
1: Ten thousand people.
2: (laughs) This is uh, a controversy that was in the Indy Star the other day. uh, And and Seymour somehow Seymour people got smaller, or we got fatter. I don't know what happened. All of a sudden, we don't fit as many people.
1: Well, the reason why is because they don't use the uh, temporary bleachers. Yes. When I played, uh, the temporary bleachers was set up around the concourse Mm -hmm. and you know, we packed the house and, uh, it was, it was great. The excitement, uh, the town was painted up, uh, for big games and everything, just the excitement. We had a cheer block of course in the band and there wasn't an empty seat in the house.
2: Have you, oh, that's uh, awesome. have you been attending the recent games, the, the, the sectionals this year and the sectionals last year where we've been I, pe- beyond capacity?
1: I usually do. Uh, this year I haven't because of, uh, some family situations, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's a shame that, uh, the, the boys team wasn't, was without, uh, Mason Gillis. I think they would have went, uh, a lot further in the, in the tournament than they did ha- had he been healthy. But at the same time, Purdue is protecting their asset as well. <laughs> I think that, uh, I said asset, okay, <laughs> uh, in, uh, in Mason because he's going to be a great player, I think.
2: So, and then, uh, in your, in your time with, uh, with Newcastle, you, you got the highest honor in New, in, in state basketball, you were Mister Basketball your senior year, correct? I was
1: correct. So,
2: and so that means you're uh, you got the number one with the 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 old school. It's, they still use the uniform, but that that iconic jersey photo. That's correct. Uh, and then uh, did you get you played the Kentucky the Kentucky game?
1: I played. We played All-Stars. against the Kentucky All Stars. Yes, home and home. Home and we home. played down at Freedom Freedom Hall in Kentucky, and then at Hinkle Field House here in Indianapolis. Very cool. Beat yeah, them both times. Awesome. Yeah, I, I don't even
5: remember now. It's been so long your story, your story has to be, of course
2: we kicked their ass, right? Of course.
5: <laughs> do, you, do you remember um, how many points and rebounds you had when you were in high school? Because uh, now I don't trust the Wikipedia article that I read <laughs> oh, well, uh, to get all my facts, but it said that you had one thousand four hundred ninety-six points and one thousand five hundred eighty-five rebounds your high school career. But it also said you only played varsity for three years. So well,
1: they're they looking from nineteen seventy to seventy-three. They think that's three years. Actually, yeah. it's four years. 70, mm-hmm. 70, 70, 70, 70, so 70, 73. 70, exactly. And you were way better than could, they just don't know how to count. Okay. <laughs> you were way better.
5: I, than learn, the way I learned to how to. to I learned how to
1: count. Uh, this is a great story because when I was a, a sophomore at at, uh, at Newcastle here, I was in algebra class, and uh, one of my, my favorite teachers of all times so failed me because I earned the F, and uh, her name was Cleo Orr. I'll never forget her. And she didn't change my grade so I could play. So I missed uh, I missed the first three games of, the, of my sophomore season, and uh, that was a great uh, learning experience opportunity for me and it set the the tone for me to make sure that I continue to maintain my grades so I would be eligible
2: the expectations and, for yeah you don't I, just get to ride because you're because you're an athlete right absolutely you perform.
1: and uh, you know I, I, we had great teachers so we've had great teachers here in, in Newcastle and of course uh, Aaron Dickin his uh, his father was uh, one of the most popular and and great friend of mine Steve Dickin and uh, we ha- I had him for English and speech and what have you and uh, just great teachers during the during my era. So
2: as you're as you're coming along and it's starting to look like you know at at six foot thirteen, you're it's starting to look like you're probably going to have a career in college basketball, right? Had did, was an was IU an automatic deal or did you did you play the game and 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 look around and say ah you know I might go play for Ohio State or Purdue or Kentucky or actually or I had Michigan.
1: A, I had an opportunity to play. In, every college in the country yeah. i was blessed to, to to be recruited by them all through letters or phone calls and in their interest but uh i i narrowed it down to four schools um at the time been raised roman catholic uh notre dame was on the pedestal all right it was it was number one plus my cousin was a great running back at notre dame in the early 70s andy huff uh and of course digger was a was a great coach and, and friend of our families as well. So Notre Dame was number one. Number two, believe it or not, was Purdue uh, because my agricultural background and a lot of my friends who, who went to Purdue. Um, uh, third choice was Indiana University. And, uh, of course, because of being here in Indiana, it was yeah. a great choice. And then last but not least was Kentucky um, the land of beautiful horses and fast women uh, but, but anyway, anyway uh, uh, I I visited those four schools in a matter of two weeks so uh, I'd have a two day visit to each one and, and uh, first I visited those in that order Notre Dame, Purdue, Indiana, Kentucky and I uh, had a great visit at all of them but uh, once I visited Indiana University I felt that that was uh, the ideal place for me uh, with Coach Knight and even more so all the players that I had around me I saw that I would be able to fit into the the whole concept of what coach knight wanted to accomplish
2: so and I don't know this I don't know how how the relationship was obviously from a distance at at my age I as I was coming of age coach knight was was just finishing up his his tenure at iu um how was how was the atmosphere was it it was I assume it was a strong authority type you know if you you do what you're supposed to do you're going to be just fine Playing under him and playing with him, you know, for on his
1: teams, absolutely. Well, first of all, coach is very demanding. He's very bombastic, and and uh, he's a drill sergeant. I mean, he's a he, he coached an army, army and uh, you know, I'll never forget uh, going into his office for the first time. He had a picture of General Patton on his desk, <laughs> so that was his hero. So yeah. that gave you some indication as to how he was going to be. I'm so. pretty
2: sure Cade would have done okay playing for Coach Knight. <laughs> <Miley. laughs>
1: But uh, you know, Coach Knight was very demanding, and uh, he, Coach Knight also knows the potential of every player that he would recruit and how it would fit into his whole scheme of things, uh, what he wanted to accomplish as, a, as far as a team and the success and everything. And, and so uh, when you came to Indiana, he expected you to play to your potential, and he was willing to help you develop in whatever way and do whatever it took to help you accomplish that whether it be uh, being bombastic and, uh, and talking about every, every uh, cuss and swear word there was. Uh, but when you separated that all out and focused on what he was talking about basketball, it, uh, it made a big difference. It, was, it really helped me in my career to, to separate those out and not be offended by the, the vulgarity that, that he had all the time. And focused on the basketball, and once I was able to separate that, I was a better player.
2: Mm-hmm. Is there one thing he picked, he said that you needed to do to get better? Was it oh no? There was there just one thing. There was a, an array of things. So
1: yeah, you never it's, you never had to question where you stood with Coach Knight. You always knew. Got and my what, footwork and, right
4: today, Coach. Yeah, what he expected of you. So he would probably rank pretty high as far as the most influential people in your basketball career.
1: Oh, absolutely! Yeah. he and uh, my high school coach here, Coach Cecil Tag, and yeah, and I can't forget either my uh, my grade school coaches coming up playing in the CYO league at at, at uh, Saint Anne's High, uh, Saint Anne's Grade School here in Newcastle, and and junior <laughs> high. I mean, all, all those all my coaches and teachers were very influential. It all uh, builds, doesn't it? Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. and uh, you know I was really blessed to to have people that took an interest in me, not just as an athlete uh, or as a basketball player, but as a person, too, and as a Christian. And, uh, you yeah, know, I'm so blessed by that, uh, you know, because they encouraged me. They believed in me when I didn't believe in myself and believed in me long enough until which time I did believe in myself. Uh, so thankful for, for guys like Steve Beanie Schmidt, who uh, uh, was 6'11", played before me. Uh, Coach Cecil Tagg asked him to to work with me. And as an eighth grader, he he took me and worked with me all summer long and, and and beat me up and taught me a lot of things. And and I'm so blessed and thankful for for his contribution to my life and, and my basketball career as well. Right. So we're watching
2: as we're as we're talking, this is the opening day of the field of 64 in the tournament. Now it's the field of 68, but we everybody ignores the first couple <laughs> the first four games that happened earlier this week. Or the first four teams, the first two games, I suppose it is. It's kind of watered down games.
1: since we played.
2: Yeah, well, so that's what I was going to say is in, <laughs> in 76, when you guys won the championship, it was 32, 32 right?
1: 32, correct.
2: Yeah, so this whole week, you know, it does, the weekend didn't even start till next uh, till next Saturday, I guess, that's right? That's right. So what was it, uh, in that era, they weren't quite into the domes, right? So you were playing in the Market Square Arena type, the, the full NBA basketball arenas? Correct. For the tournament? So you're, still, you're playing in crowds in front of crowds that were similar to what you were playing at at, at home in college. It, if you it, went to Ohio state or at IU correct. or somewhere.
1: Correct. We, uh, we won the national championship in, uh, in Philadelphia at the spectrum where the Philadelphia 76ers played. Very cool.
2: Wow.
5: Yeah. So it was probably, I didn't, I didn't realize that I didn't realize that they were, that you guys were playing in professional stadiums then.
2: Yeah, I want to oh. say market square in Indianapolis held it in about 80, somewhere in that range. The The first time. That Market Square Arena, eighty, eighty-one, somewhere in there. I don't. know. And then I think uh, ninety-one is the first time they, they they went from that to now they play in these big domes. Yeah. They played in the RCA Dome. They played at Bankers or at uh, Lucas Oil and the Alamo
5: Dome and all of those all those arenas. Hmm. Then so, realize that it changed changed so much. The That's tournament. Cool. Well,
1: I think in nineteen eighty-seven when IU won, they won again in Philadelphia at the Spectrum as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was a young young boy. Steve Alford's team
2: young boy my dad was uh, uh worked for general motors in syracuse new york so we lived in a syracuse suburb and my dad was not a keith smart fan <laughs> I was so but I, that was a great shot i remember i remember how upset he was i think i was five years old four years old at that time uh yeah so and then so in our promo that dakota put together you're on the cover of sports illustrated do you still, have, uh, you still have a copy?
1: Oh, well, yeah, I was on there uh, three or four to five different times. So, yeah. You got uh, the, the, the whole archive the whole, somewhere. The oh, you, were on,
5: <laughs> you were on multiple times? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, I mean,
2: when, you're, when you win the national championship, you get in there. When you're the number one pick in the NBA draft, you get on there. You got, you got yeah. some
1: opportunities. You're, 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 you're way younger than I am. So you're into the social media and this, this all this technology and stuff. We had newspapers. You know what a newspaper is? Yeah. I don't get a hard newspapers copy anymore. Newspapers and magazines. If they're just in the archives,
2: what you need to do is find the old find the old copies and bring them over to Scott Frost at Frost Framing and have him make you a display.
5: There you go. Got to
2: get them framed up and put up on the wall.
5: Nice, nice plug for our landlord, Scott yeah. Frost. <laughs> So, uh, tell us about the NBA
2: draft process uh, as you're as you're coming out of IU. Um, I, ESPN wasn't quite around yet, so you didn't have ESPN in your living room, uh, recording, watching, watching as it went down. What did you? Did they? Did, were you at home? You, were actually, you in New York City? I, I, actually,
1: I signed uh, two weeks prior to the uh, NBA draft. Uh, really, you, you already oh, yeah, knew. I already knew. I had already signed with the Milwaukee Bucks and everything before the draft even took place. So, um, you know, it, it's not uh, all the pomp and circumstance and all the glime, uh, all the the lime and glitter and and everything with the way it is today uh, with all the tele- television and radio and internet and all that. Uh, it's uh, it was just. Kind of a matter of fact thing. Did, Did you just you
2: go work out for the Bucks? They said, "Yep," and they said, "We're going to sign you." Basically, and that was the that was the extent of
1: it. Well, it was more complicated than that because uh, the last uh, four games of, of my senior year, I uh, I took a charging foul up at Purdue mm-hmm. uh, against Joe Barry Carroll, and uh, it, it injured my back. So I missed the last four games of my senior uh, senior season, and because of that back injury it uh it sent up uh, concerns for whether or not i would be Ready healthy go. enough to, to to play in the nba and uh if it was willing if if the milwaukee bucks were willing to take a chance uh selecting me number 1 and so i had to go through several uh physical examinations uh i think there was three or four of them different doctors to to make sure that uh they weren't taking Taking the word of one doctor, but all of them had to agree that I was healthy enough, and uh, and so that's that's kind of what happened there. And then once uh, they found out that I was okay to go ahead and play, well, um, they made me an offer, and uh, we went ahead and signed two weeks prior to the NBA huh. draft.
5: So you going back to your college career, um, you weren't just good at basketball. You were, you were two-time academic, all Big Ten. Uh, kind of explain to me what that is.
1: Two-time academic, all Big Ten, and, uh, two-time academic, all American. Um, where your, your grade point average had to be, uh, and I don't know what the, the limits were back then, but I think I ended up with a, th- a 3.57 average out of a 4 Uh, so you had to be an excellent student. Uh, and w- when you think about it, uh, I graduated on time in four years, okay? Mm-hmm. I, I have a, an issue with this five years and six years that the, <laughs> these guys are, are playing now. But, uh, you know, it's uh, you were, it was very demanding. So you had to get your grades, and Coach expected you to be in classes. Uh, we didn't skip classes.
2: Did you go to Kelly School? Did you be a business uh, degree? It, or my
1: Minor in business, yeah, okay. yeah. So I had some business classes in, in the Kelly School. Yeah. yeah. But I majored in uh, management of public parks and recreation administration with a minor in business, which basically gave me a degree that I could run uh, public parks and recreational uh, facilities.
5: That's neat. Uh, Monty Conley, uh, teacher Monty Conley, is in the chat. He said you were also on the cover of Car and Driver. Is that true? Or is he just pulling my leg? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Monty remembers Uh, it, so it must be true. He says... And he says, and the cover of Car and Driver. Okay. So, I, I don't know. You don't a lot your, of covers. You yeah, don't remember so. doing
1: a
2: cover with a Ferrari or a
5: Corvette or
1: something awesome? Well, they don't make them for us normal-sized people. Well, they're I, they're I, great uh,
5: vehicles, but they just don't make them for us normal-sized normal size, normal size, normal size people. Right. A, there should be an asterisk by that. If you can.
1: <laughs> just like on airplanes, they don't make those seats for us normal-sized people. What do you drive?
2: I assume it's not uh, a, a Miata. Cadillac. A Cadillac? Yeah. You a take two, the,
1: 2008 take DTS.
2: You know, did you take the front yeah. seat out and you just sit in the back? No, <laughs>
1: the seat goes back far enough. And I also have a, a, a Chevrolet Silverado uh, four wheel drive pickup. Very cool. Very
2: cool. So, uh, so you go, you, 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 you get your first NBA contract, you'll report for duty for the Bucks. I assume you're playing on the, uh, the Robert, Indiana court That's down correct. there. So the yeah, Newcastle, Mecca. Indiana guy is on the Becca court. At, right. You know, so that, very that, colorful.
1: That, in fact, you, uh, you, we had, we had it. Aaron, Aaron had it on Aaron, the show. Aaron yeah. had it on the show. It was a, it's a beautiful floor. Yep. He had beautiful artwork as well.
2: Very cool. So you want to tell us about your, the first game and the, uh, the, you would have made sports center that you and, uh, the, the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and the, the little, there was a little pushing and shoving. And then you got, you got popped apparently.
1: Well, I got sucker punch. Yeah. This is what, mm-hmm. if you mean by pop, yeah, yeah I got sucker punch, but, if you look on YouTube, it's going to show uh, me elbowing Kareem and, and uh, him falling back, looking both ways to see the, the, the officials. And then he runs and comes up behind me and sucker punches me. But yeah. what they don't show, it makes me look like the villain that I elbowed him first.
4: <laughs> he started, but, I'm sure. But right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Well, he had elbowed me several times prior to that. And I was, was my first game. And so... Uh, he hadn't scored yet. I had scored and out rebounded him. And uh, uh, the ball, I elbowed him, just saying, "Hey, you know, if you're going to elbow me, I'm going to elbow you back. I'm going to stand my ground." And uh, I was watching the ball come up the floor. And uh, next thing you know, he he comes up from behind me and sucker punches me. He never would fight me straight up. And uh, he had uh, he had done the same thing to about four or five other people as well prior to me. Wow. Welcome to the NBA. Yeah. Oh. yeah, yeah. He, hit, he hit me so hard he broke his hand. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He didn't knock me out, but uh, I I did see birdies and uh, and stars and stuff like that.
5: Yeah, <laughs> yeah he man, shattered. But I will say – He was out for was two
1: months, right? Uh, I, and he, he got <clears throat> fined, the largest fine in the NBA at that time, and uh, I think he missed, I don't know, 21 games or something like that. Was there ever any relationship after that, or was he – we we continue to play against yeah. each other. I mean, I, I played for 12 years right. or 11 years and, uh, you know, I, I played against Kareem probably six, seven of those years before he retired. So yeah, we, we met twice a year, uh, once in LA and once in Milwaukee or Detroit, wherever uh, I happen to be. And then, uh, then in 2013, our team, our 1976 undefeated national championship team, was named the greatest team in, in NCAA history the 75 right. years, and uh, we were at the uh, the Final Four in Atlanta, and uh, our team was being honored and everything, and and uh, Kareem happened to be up at the uh, NCAA suite, and uh, I walked in, and we met eyes. He stood up, walked towards me. I walked towards him. We we shook hands. Now, this was forty some years later, right? Okay, and we talked and uh, and reminisced and everything. And, and uh, he was kind enough to, <clears throat> excuse me. He was kind enough to uh, sign autographs for my grandchildren. Uh, he was writing uh, some children's books at the time, and uh, actually sent uh, a uh, a book for each one of my my three grandchildren at the time. That he autographed. And, uh, oh, that's cool. We never talked about the incident. Um, we just uh,
5: it wasn't shake hands. Remember, whenever you punched me and broke <laughs> your hand on my jaw. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, my gosh, that was forty years ago. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's the press, the, the liberal press, and media. <laughs> that uh, uh, you know they can't the fake news. The, uh, the fake news, exactly. Yeah. Uh, they've got to sensationalize stuff, and the problem is they don't tell the whole tr- the whole truth. They only they only want to show what they want to show. They showed me, Elbow and Kareem. They didn't show the real story.
2: Yep. Mm-hmm. And
1: I have a serious problem with that. But yeah. it is what it is. I mean, it's the liberal press and the media. And that's what you're going to get.
2: The uh yep. there's probably a whole lot more reporters that beat reporters that followed the Lakers around than followed the Bucks around, right? So the the ability to get the story out or get the the narrative out probably came quicker from Los Angeles' side.
1: Well, Los Angeles compared to Milwaukee is uh, Exactly. Is a big difference. Exactly. Yeah.
2: The uh <laughs> Was there was there always? Do you feel like the even in that era the the bias was there towards the Boston's and the New Yorks and the Los Angeleses versus? You know, oh, of course, versus, versus the Pacers and the Bucks and the and the you know
1: Cleveland and those those those
2: Midwestern teams. absolutely
1: because they were the elite teams back then. Yeah, uh, you know, and uh, so they got the got the most press and the media coverage.
4: Yeah, hmm. so. You spent 11 years playing in the NBA, and I had a question I was thinking about earlier. We're kind of starstruck with you being here, and some of our viewers are probably as well too. Especially with uh, local history. Thank you. When you made it to the NBA, was there just a huge personality that you were starstruck yourself? That you were playing on the court with this person?
1: No, I, I think of I wasn't starstruck. Yeah. I was uh, I was honored that I was considered to be one of the greatest basketball players in the country and the world because NBA players are and, uh, to, to be able to have an opportunity to play on the, on the same court with and against the greatest players in the world was a dream come true. Yeah, Uh, I wasn't awestruck, um, because I, I knew that, uh, I had an opportunity to play. God Mm -hmm. put me in that position and, uh, allowed me the success and the notoriety and the information that was available at the time to, uh, to have that opportunity. And so it was a tremendous blessing and, uh, I took it as such. You know, as I was, um, I worked hard on the, on the basketball court in college and high school. Um, uh, I had people that, that worked with me to help me develop my talents and abilities and, uh, use my God given talents and abilities. So it was a dream come true for me.
5: Yeah. Yep.
1: Thank you that's, for asking. That's really cool. <laughs> the, uh, the NBA. How
2: was the how was the culture different? You know, for, from playing the the collegiate era where it's you know there's no money. It's it's you're paying playing for your school and your your team and each other to to the NBA where it's a little bit more transient. Was it the how did you feel how, how did you feel that culture matched up? And, and when well, was, was it was it joyful? I guess is what I'm I'm trying to ask.
1: At first, it was glamorous, yeah. but it, was, it became a job. I mean, it was a job. And in fact, uh, in college, I had a job. Uh, my job was to get my education, get my grades, and play basketball. And so uh, even though we, we weren't paid to play in college, we were being paid our scholarship to play. And so then when you went to the NBA, it was a, it was a job. Yeah. And I took my job seriously and and so thankful and blessed that I had an opportunity to play 11 years. I, uh had an opportunity to play five more years in in Italy but at my my daughters were at the age at the, that time where they were starting to uh, become involved in basketball and uh, their school activities and uh, it was time I I'd, I'd I'd lived my dream playing pro, pro basketball and it was time for me to to focus on my my four daughters.
5: Time for the family, right? Yes, ma'am. So I I want to talk um I want to talk a little bit about you playing basketball in Italy. How did how did that come about? How did how did uh, uh how did, were you approached to go and play basketball in Italy? Did it did, was it something that you sought out to go play there? How did how did you uh, make the transition?
1: Well, I retired from the NBA in uh I moved to Bloomington, built a home. It was in my home for about two weeks, and I got a call from a, an agent uh, that uh, there was a, there was teams in Italy that uh, was interested in me coming to Italy and playing, and uh, they made me an offer I couldn't refuse. So I went to Italy and in pure uh, Italian style,
5: yeah. <laughs> and all uh, of the pizza and breadsticks. <laughs> yeah.
1: well, I tell you what, the Northern Italian cuisine was fabulous. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I, I love Italian food, but. Uh, so anyway, uh, uh, upon them contacting me, I, uh, my wife and I went to to Italy and, and toured it and um, met with the the owners and the team members and everything and and uh, felt that it was an opportunity to take advantage of and uh, so I, I signed with the uh, uh, the team in Cantu. Cantu is a a, a small farming community that made. Uh, furniture and uh, the owner was a uh, was big into all types of beverages and, and what have you and uh, it was about 40 miles north of milan in uh, in northern italy and uh, the, the casa or the, the the house that they had me uh, live in i could stand on my my porch and i could look out and i could see the italian alps and the swiss alps and ah, we awesome. were only about 40 minutes from lugano switzerland it was a neat experience. Uh, uh, I did bring my my family over for about uh, uh, two months. Uh, my wife was pregnant at the time with our, our youngest one, and uh, her last travel date was December thirty first. And uh, so she was over there with my uh, with three of my my daughters and being pregnant then uh, until December thirty first, where they came back to Indiana and uh i was there for uh till february and uh has had injured myself i had injured my knee and i kept playing on it to the point where i couldn't play anymore uh i had to have uh surgery so i came back to indiana uh had surgery just in time to to be here for the birth of my fourth child hey, and hey. uh uh, Ashley, who ended up being a uh, two-time All-American volleyball player at Indiana University. And, oh, nice. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, And she played professionally for seven years.
5: Oh, she played professional volleyball for seven years. Yes. Is she still in Newcastle? Can we get her on the show, too? <laughs>
1: <laughs> she played uh, a year in Puerto Rico, uh, four years in Germany, and, and uh, two years in, uh, in Peru. Yeah.
4: So
1: real
3: quick, now, now, isn't she back to coaching at IU volleyball?
1: No, she's not. She she assisted for a couple years. Okay, uh, but she's not she's not involved with the IU program now.
3: So she probably might have even been the assistant when um, our very own Newcastle Caitlin Cox was. She played.
1: Caitlin Cox came and played a couple years with Ashley. Yeah. Uh, Before Ashley, absolutely. Uh, Caitlin Cox, great player, and won the state championship.
3: with Newcastle, yeah, graduated right. in two thousand eight. That's that's the year I graduated. So, yeah. so Excellent. I did
2: you watch the 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 great basketball movie Tropic Thunder with Will Ferrell in the I, ABA? I did not. I was I was going to try to get your comparison between Tropic Thunder and playing in Italy versus playing in the NBA. Well, it's going to be some assigned homework for you now. You got to go get a copy of Tropic Thunder and
6: watch
1: it. There's uh, a man a real, was
2: traded for a washing machine in that. Movie. Was it?
1: Uh, there's really no. Uh, no comparison with the NBA, although there's several NBA players that played over there. Um, I played against guys like uh, Artis Gilmore, Bob McAdoo, uh, Michael Ray Richardson, Gene Banks. I mean, you know, there was a lot of play- uh, Jeff Turner. I mean, there's a lot of uh, NBA players that uh, played in Italy. So it was very competitive. Uh, Italian fans are much like Indiana basketball fans, they're, they're just, uh, they love basketball. And, uh, uh, they even pa- painted up the town when we played uh, uh, rival teams. Uh, they would see us off uh, as we'd go on a road trip and what have you. And uh, they treated us like kings. Uh, of course, when I went over there, I, I, I didn't go over as an ugly American. Uh, I went over there to live their culture and speak their language. And you spoke Italian. I, I learned to speak Italian. I carried a, a, a translation book with me all the time. And, <laughs> You know, the Italian people love the fact that I, I tried to, to speak their to language. Integrate. Exactly. And, uh, you know, a lot of them, of course, knew English, and they, they would, were willing to help me uh, communicate with them. And it made it so much easier uh, for a person like myself coming and playing as a player because uh, the coach – Spoke Italian and a lot of the players, uh, but they also spoke English. But I was able to associate, word associate with basketball and the different uh, uh, names and titles. And you learn what a foul is real
2: quick, exactly, and
1: and exactly what the pick and roll is in Italian, (laughs) right? And so it was easy to to uh, to understand, except when the coach got. Too excited and started talking so fast I couldn't understand him. I'll never forget the time that we went to uh, to play Turkey in Turkey, and uh, uh, the 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 arena that we played in was it was amazing. It was smoke filled, and I mean just dingy and gray and dark. And and uh, in every aisle, you'd look up and there would be a a military police officer with a with an Uzi and, and a guard dog, uh, a German Shepherd. I mean, that's how radical it was over there. And, uh, we were, we were winning the game down towards the end of about four or five minutes to go. And the coach called timeout and, uh, he's all excited and everything. And, and I don't, I didn't understand what he was, was telling us to do. And, uh, so I get a, a rebound and start to, to, to take the ball back up and shoot it. And one of my teammates takes the ball from me. And almost hands it to the other player. <laughs> well, the idea was is that, hey, we want to keep this uh, close. We want to lose, but we want to keep it close and all. And so. You want to lose close. Lose. Exactly. Because we were playing the, the Cup of Courage or the Cup of Champions, what it was called. And I had never been in a situation where uh, I was – I used to throw a game. yeah. All of a sudden,
2: you're playing for the the Washington Generals now.
1: Exactly. (laughs) Well, my own teammates were taking the ball from me and not letting me (laughs) have it. So it was uh, quite an experience. But we did get out of there, uh, even though we had lost by a few points. I mean, they threw all kinds of things at us, uh, food and, I mean, you name it. And uh, we were lucky to get out of there. Uh, that's how radical it was. And then, of course, when, wow. when they came to, when Turkey came to, to Italy, uh, we beat them like 35, 40 points. It so. was like that
2: when my brother played at Laurel, uh, on a road game down in Laurel in, uh, in Fayette County. Those guys were,
5: you know, it was a rough crowd. <laughs> <laughs> so that was very comparable. It's very, exactly
2: the same. You feel like you need armed guards to get out alive. I've been to a lot of gyms where that's, that sketchiness has gone down. So Dakota has found the cover you were on of Car and Driver, and this was May of oh, 1983. Yes. It's, you're in yeah, Detroit, Detroit Piston. Piston.
1: Yeah, I forgot about that. You and the
2: guys in <laughs> and, and a brand-new, uh, looks like a Chrysler Town Chrysler & Town Country minivan Yeah, yep. that you probably could have purchased. At and, and at the
5: very top that. of the magazine, they are advertising brand-new technology for radar detection. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's oh,
2: fantastic. I forgot about that. Another
5: wow. fun question that
2: uh, Kirk Davis of Newcastle, big Newcastle basketball supporter, wanted me to ask tonight was, how in the hell did you play in those short shorts? Because, you know, I <laughs> – What I don't understand <laughs> is how
1: guys can play in these shorts here. I mean, they're, like, they're, they're, they're not shorts. They're like knickers, you know. Uh, but, uh, I mean, we, we had free range.
5: Yeah. yeah. You know,
1: no restrictions.
5: I believe that Totally. I, I really do. I believe that it would be easier to play in the shorter. Oh, shirt. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. All
2: right. Absolutely. So, so after so, the NBA, you started a business career and you, you're uh, you, 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 left Newcastle for a while to, to do this. You came back. What's the, what, what's the post post-basketball life like when
1: I retired from the NBA, uh, you know, I went to Italy and uh, well, when I retired from the NBA, I went to Bloomington, build a home and, and, uh, live there and. Spent a year in Italy, came back, lived in Bloomington until uh, my girls were all grown. Uh, all four of my daughters played college basketball or volleyball on scholarships. My oldest daughter, Andrea, played at uh, IUPUI. Uh, Elizabeth, my number two daughter, played uh, at Grand Canyon University out in Phoenix, Arizona. And then uh, Jenny, my number three daughter, played at uh, at Vincennes, she w- she was on a basketball and volleyball scholarship, and then of course Ashley played at uh, at IU. as a two time All American volleyball player, and uh, I stayed around Bloomington until Ashley graduated from Indiana University. In fact, at uh, believe it or not, at the time when Ashley was a senior in high school, I was uh, uh, I was hoping that she would uh, would go to Purdue and and, uh, and uh, <laughs> play volleyball up there because. Uh, a tremendous success that Dave has up at uh, at Purdue. Very cool. But she decided to go to Indiana, <laughs> and that was fine. So I stayed in Bloomington until uh, 2000. And she graduated in 2010. I moved to Brown County and and lived there for about five years before I moved back here to Bloomington or to to Newcastle in 2015 to be closer to my parents uh, who are ailing and uh, have some. Uh, some physical injuries that we've been helping take care of.
2: So yeah. so you've talked about Bloomington. Hold, hold up your hand there a little bit for the camera. You're wearing you're wearing a ring that has some crimson on it. What's that all about? That happens to
1: be our national championship ring.
2: Uh, it still looks very shiny.
1: Do you, do, you wear it,
2: do you wear it every day, or is it because the tournament's on and you're going to be you're going to hang out with us? You no, it.
1: I wear it a lot, yeah. all the time. The only time I don't wear it is when I go to bed or uh, if I'm using my hands to do something physical with it. Uh, it's a great conversation piece. People like to see it. Uh people who are fans like to to look at it and uh I've had a lot of people put it on and and have their picture taken with it. So it's a it's a great conversation piece and it's also an opportunity for me to to show my appreciation to all the tremendous uh People who supported me in my career, not only in, in Newcastle but at Indiana University, in my entire career. So I've yeah. been blessed by that, and it's uh, it's fun. It's a great conversation piece as
5: well. That's awesome. So you you've been involved a lot ever since you since you've uh, been out of playing professional sports. Um, you've been a lot involved in athletics ever since, right? Uh, you, in, in
1: some way, shape, or form. Um, you all heard of McCracken Basketball Camp, or Dave McCracken, the great uh, basketball coach at Indiana University prior to Coach Knight. And, and uh, he, he was on the 40 championship team in the, the 1953 as a coach uh, at Indiana University. He had a, a basketball camp called McCracken Basketball Camp. And uh, as in 1976, I was... Uh, that was my first year to attend the McCracken Basketball Camp, and now it's been 43 years, and I've been there every year uh, as a as a headliner, uh, longer than all the McCrackens have been there. <laughs> uh, I'm honored and blessed by that. It's a great uh, basketball camp, uh, and, and uh, they do a great job of, of working with kids and teaching kids. And then, of course, I've sp- spoken and, and done a lot of different camps over the years. Uh, currently. Uh, We're in our 11th season. My partner, Steve Stremming, out of Indianapolis, and I started the Indiana Class Basketball All-Star Classic, where we honor all classes of basketball, both boys and girls. And uh, we showcase these kids uh, to college coaches all across the the country. We stream our games live over the Internet. Uh, We contact about 8,000 different coaches, coaches that are uh, D2, D3, NAIA, junior colleges, uh, Christian colleges, black colleges, and universities, and uh, let them know about the schedule of uh, of our our all star games, which is held at Anderson University. Our first five years was here at the Field House, uh, and uh, the just, last
2: they just got out of hand on the cost, didn't they? They just the athletic director just caused problems, and you had to go, you had to take your take your business to Anderson. Well, right, <laughs> that's part
6: of it. But, no, I'm just making you
2: know. it up. I don't know. <laughs> uh,
1: no, the the biggest issue was that. Uh, College coaches wanted to see uh, our all-stars playing on a college floor in a yep. college venue, so it was more conducive. Uh, Anderson University is just a, a fabulous location, mm-hmm. great facility, uh, central part of the state, easy access. I mean, there's just so many positive things, and and they were very supportive of our cause as being a a 501c3 not-for-profit and uh, the fact that we help kids get scholarships. To give you an example, uh, last year we had uh, three kids come in, with scholarships, uh, and and that was a, we have it over Father's Day weekend. It's Friday and Saturday, and then uh, uh, by the time kids started school in August, uh, we had thirty seven kids with scholarships.
5: That's amazing. Wow, and, that's awesome.
1: Uh, you know, it's uh, it's exciting because these kids uh, deserve it, and uh, uh, the reason why we started the Indiana Class Basketball All Star Classic was because the IHSA didn't do anything about uh, the All Star game. They they just kept, they just kept at the Indiana Kentucky All-Star game, which uh, allowed you 12 players, uh, 12 boys and 12 girls, so 24 players. And, uh, most of those players are, are 4A kids. You have a a few 3A kids, but it, it shunned all the, the smaller classes. And, uh, after, and after about nine years, eight nine years, we decided we're going to we're going to change that, and that's why we started the. Indiana so do you get
2: do you get the coaches to show up, or do you do video, or how how does the uh,
1: combination? Yeah. Uh, we stream all our games live over the internet. Coaches uh, are all made aware of uh, when our event's going to be. Plus, uh, broadcastsport.net uh, archives those uh, those games, so coaches can go back and look at them. Uh, because there's a lot of things going on during that time, uh, a lot of uh, uh, tournaments, a lot of uh, Nike tournaments, uh, AAU tournaments and what have you. So um, by us, us streaming those games and having them archived, it gives uh, college coaches an opportunity to look at our kids here in Indiana that are not only good, really good and talented kids, but great quality of kids as well.
2: So you, you brought up uh, you, you brought up class basketball. I'm gonna, that's the first of the three radioactive questions in Indiana. So I'll ask them all of you back to back to back. Okay. You happy with class basketball?
1: Well, you know what the 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 new new saying? Uh, what a Hoosier is.
2: <laughs> what is what's a Hoosier? A
1: uh, uh, Hoosier is a basketball fan that doesn't believe in class basketball. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I say like, it. like but, but,
1: but yeah, that's that's fine. It it is what it is. It's here to stay. We know that, and that's why we made the uh, uh, the we why we created the Indiana Class Basketball All Star Classic. Yeah. So our kids uh, at the different levels of classes can uh, can yeah. be exposed to to an All Star opportunity. Creates opportunities mm-hmm. for all. Yes, of them. sir.
2: The other side is and you. You kind of touched on it earlier by attending Indiana university, you got your degree and you got a, You were on scholarship. There are folks that say college basketball or college football athletes should be paid. Have you, have you weighed in on that? Is it a, do you, do you have an opinion? Do you look at it and say, I ever, you know, everybody,
1: my opinion doesn't mean anything. They're going to do what they're going to do. Uh, the NCAA, the IHSAA, uh, right, wrong or indifferent. And in, uh, you know, it is what it is. I mean, I spent. Uh, uh, I invested. I didn't spend. I, I, I invested four years at Indiana University. Never got paid. Uh, I had a summer job that I had to work. Uh, I had chores I had to do before I could go out and play basketball. Uh, and if we could do it back then, there's no reason why kids can't do it now. The way I look at it, um, but uh, it is what it is, and so be it. The final uh, one, one of the other things that uh, that I'm involved with is uh, an after school program that we started. It's called Bibles for Ballers After School Program, and what we do is we uh, we work with kids grades two through through eight, and we're in uh, several public schools: uh, Senadora, Daleville. Uh, we've had uh, Concordia High School up in Fort Wayne. Uh, we've uh, done Lapel. We've done. Uh, a lot, of, a lot of different schools here. And so what we do is we work with uh, Pendleton. Um, we work with these kids. And, and the kids here in Indiana are really horrible fundamentally. And uh, so we see an, a, a real need to, to help kids with fundamentals. So our first hour uh, of this two-hour after-school, uh, three-day camp, we, we spend an hour each day uh, at the beginning of the session teaching the kids Fundamentals. And then after that, we have a 15, 20 minute uh, Bible lesson, or a speaker come in that will share their testimony or give, you know talk about their faith. And then we uh, the last forty five minutes or an hour, we'll we'll spend uh, with the kids playing games, all sorts of games five on five, four on four, three on three, uh, knockout or dribble, whatever the kids want to do. You know, whatever excites right. them. Uh, we give each kid a a Bible. Um, it's a Zondervan new uh, new international version. It's got a basketball cover, and the kids just absolutely love that, and and even take it to school with them. And then we also give them a t shirt.
5: So is that any any relation to? Um, do you guys do anything with FCA? Are a lot of your students that are uh, in uh, Bibles for Ballers are they involved in FCA or is it, is it two oh, s- totally different things? The uh,
1: the Bible's for Ballers is most, mostly elementary kids, okay? Okay. grades two through eight. Uh, uh, we are very involved with the uh, Fellowship of Christian Athletes uh, because of my involvement. Uh, uh, in 1971, I was uh, one of five athletes that uh, were awarded a scholarship to attend a Fellowship of Christian Athletes a National Conference here in Newcastle. Uh, or it wasn't here in Newcastle, but I was here in Newcastle then as a, as a sophomore in high school. And uh, that's where you know I knew who God was, knew who Jesus was, but I uh, didn't have a personal relationship with Him. But it was through the Fellowship Fellowship of Christian Athletes that I was that I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior, and was uh, I came back was very active in the Fellowship of Christian Athletes uh, huddle here in high school, and then of course when I went to Indiana University, I was I was president there uh, for four years, oh, that's and good. Uh, uh, was named. Uh, uh, well, in high school, I was named uh, Indiana State F- uh, FCA Athlete of the Year. And then in college, the uh, Co-Athlete of the Year with Archie Griffin uh, from from Ohio, Ohio State. So I've uh, been very a- active and involved with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Uh, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes are very involved with our um, Indiana Class Basketball All-Star Classic. And uh, we, give out, uh, we give out a... a a Kent Benson Fellowship of Christian Athletes Mental Attitude Award uh, to one member of each of each team. Of course, then we also have a Most Outstanding Player for for the game. So, uh, been very involved with FCA and and so thankful for uh, what it's done for my life and and uh, many of the kids and athletes that I've been able to touch through that.
2: Yeah, cool. Very very neat. No, the last, uh, the last Indiana Hot Topic was going to be daylight saving time, where two weeks ago we just went through daylight saving time, so I was going to ask you your opinion on that too. <laughs> 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 yeah, class basketball, pay the players, and, and daylight saving.
1: Uh, frankly, my dear Scarlett. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, uh, I have no – it doesn't bother me either way. Yeah.
2: yeah. So you, you've seen an awful lot of parts of the world – You've had uh, you've had a chance to travel and and, and been in the big uh, the big cities, and you're back back in your hometown. Uh, wanted to talk about uh, about what you thought about how things are going here. It feels like to me as a guy who's who's run for office, and I always say I, I live here on purpose. There's there's some exciting stuff going on in the community and things that are coming. I wanted I wanted your opinion on, on what you think of uh, of Newcastle and, and the direction it's going.
1: Well, first of all the. One of the reasons why I came back, of course, I, I talked about my parents and, and all that was a, a big reason. But uh, the reason why, I mean, I could have chosen to live outside of Newcastle and still be able to assist my parents. But I chose to come back to Newcastle, my hometown, because of the tremendous leadership that's been taking place with, uh, with Greg York and the city council now that has, uh, I mean, they're my age. Uh, we all grew up, and we remember what Newcastle was like when we were growing up. And I, I really believe that they are, they're trying to bring it back uh, to like it was back then, uh, with the uh, with all the the great uh, industry that they're bringing in, the merchants and what have you, the cleaning up the downtown. I mean, you you think about, and I hate saying this, but it it kind of developed a loser mentality uh, and a negative mentality once. Left Chrysler and, left and uh, world bestest and all these other uh, companies left. And, and uh, it was just like a defeatist attitude. And during that time, I, I didn't, even though I love Newcastle, I didn't want to come back here. I didn't want to raise my family, but now, uh, you know, and and I'm a conservative and uh, a constitutional conservative. And, and I like what I see here, uh, you know, even though, well the majority of it's democrats and in,
6: in in uh <laughs> yeah most of the position, but yeah.
1: but they're are conservative democrats they're yeah. they're they're what the old democrat mm-hmm. uh, party used to represent they're not liberals
2: they would they crazy. would be
5: hardcore republicans in california yeah. well
2: <laughs> so so yeah. national yeah, so. national politics and local politics are kind of different that's what we've talked about and one of the things that this show has been good for is getting folks talking to each other that are on all kinds of different different sides cuz from a local side, local aspect I, I don't care what you think about you know federal taxation or whatever else. Cities, you want to make sure that you've got good paved roads and people have got jobs and the trash gets picked up and the water works. The, you know those basic infrastructure things we can all agree on. I absolutely, yeah.
1: Well, I, I just have to say this, I, and uh, and uh, Mayor York, Greg York, he's a year younger than I am, and and uh, uh, several guys and gals that are that are on the city council, uh, Rex Pack and Paul, and and. Uh, uh, Lynn Perdue, and I mean, I can go down the line there. Uh, I appreciate what they're doing. They're, they're, they're working to, to bring this, this community back. And yeah, they've got their challenges. Yeah, they've got their oppositions and everything. But you know what? It doesn't matter who's in office. There's always going to be opposition. Uh, somebody's going to talk bad about you, but uh, I want to say this. Uh, thank you all for what you're doing for Newcastle and, and this community. And, and I know you got your challenges out there and it takes time to, to, you know, not not only rebuild, but to reestablish what Newcastle really stood for. And and I see you doing that and I wanna thank you and wish you continued success and God bless you all.
5: Yeah, they they got a lot of work ahead, but they're they're moving. Look how far they've come. come. I mean you know, yeah, he's got a long way to go,
1: but look how far they've come.
5: Yeah. Uh, Just since I can just since I was in high school, which was five years ago. Like whenever I graduate. you are a baby, aren't you? Yeah. I graduated high school in 2014, so five it's, years ago. Part of the premise of this
2: show is I, we call Dakota the world's youngest millennial. He's yeah. literally the youngest millennial that exists, and I'm one of the oldest. So I was born in '83. Dakota's born in '96. So we kind of span that
5: generation of people, mm-hmm. uh, and it's that's that's yeah. Just just since then, Newcastle has cleaned up a lot. Well, you should have remembered that
1: and Driver Magazine.
5: Yeah, it, was,
2: it, was <laughs> two, it was two months before my birth.
1: <laughs> I
2: can tell you that Tom Sneva won the 1983 Indy 500, yeah. but I, I passed that. I don't know. Um, <laughs> all right. So let, we, we, we need to talk a little bit about the the uh, the about the NCAA tournament, and then we'll start to wrap things up. How, how's your bracket looking?
1: You know what? I've been so busy, I haven't really had an opportunity. I will tell you, my final four, I've got uh, – I've got uh, uh, Michigan State, okay. I've got Gonzaga. Yep. All right. I've got uh, 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 Tennessee, and I got Duke.
2: That's pretty solid. So, pretty solid. I so I, I I've made a general rule in life that. I will pick Michigan State every year, no matter what, just because every every other year, every two or three years, they're in the Final Four. So I'm like the hell with it. I've been burned too many times by Michigan State. I finally learned my lesson, and I just put <laughs> I just every single year, no matter what they do. You really burned by them two years ago. I know. And no matter what,
3: Michigan State's my champion
2: every every year. That's just a that's a rule of thumb. Every time,
3: I've got Duke winning it all. That Zion Williamson is just a. An animal.
5: A lot right, of people in our so we uh, so for the show the Patreon uh, group Chase Payton set us up a uh, a, uh, a a fantasy league I guess um, bracket that we can that all the Patreon members can fill out for free. Um, so we were looking at that today, and there's like three of us. That that don't have Duke picked.
6: It's
5: <laughs> because
2: you're all homers, man. You have no
5: originality whatsoever. Oh, Coach K is going to
2: win. Shocking. Uh, so far, I'm in second place in our bracket. I got the. Uh, I, there's as of this recording, it's about eight fifteen on Thursday night. So it's the first day of the field of sixty four, and there was a, an update upset fifth. Well, it says fifth, but I'm I don't know. I, there's about a nine way tie for first <laughs> it place. Says it says fifth.
5: Well, that's what it
2: is. <laughs> <laughs> there are there are six teams tied right now. I guess is what's mm-hmm. happening. But I did have the five twelve upset with Murray State, so I feel pretty good about that.
1: Yeah, I was surprised about that though. Yeah, yeah. Marquette, uh, Marquette. Marquette's done. Marquette's been good all season long, and and I was surprised about that. I I, I lost that game.
5: Yeah. Kirsten Kronk was, has a question for you. She wants to know if there's a player that. You think was uh, particularly that was overrated or underrated? Anybody that sticks out to you, uh, as far as your career spans? Well,
1: of course, uh, over the course of my career, you saw I played, a lot of players. Saw a lot of players played with a lot of players, <laughs> played against a lot of players, and uh, you know, uh, in the era of Dr. J and and uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Moses Malone and. Akeem Elizawan, uh, uh, Irvin Magic Johnson, Larry Bird. I mean, there's just so many great players. Now, I didn't get to play against or with uh, Oscar Robertson or Will Chamberlain or, or Bill Russell, but when you look at all those uh, guys that I have just mentioned here, um, based on statistics and everything, uh, Oscar Robertson was probably the greatest player when you look at his statistics over his entire career this is obviously and go to the uh, indiana basketball hall of fame you can look at his statistics and everything it'll it'll yeah. tell you a lot about that did uh, do you play robert
2: parish with did. celtics when you were
1: there celtics uh was bird and McHale and yeah. and robert parish and dennis johnson yeah
2: that's so that's i'm Chief. just i'm just apparently i'm just old enough to remember some of the guy <laughs> a few of the guys that yeah. uh at the tail end of their careers i it might my NBA visibility probably starts in ninety two, ninety three. As I'm an eight, nine, ten year old kid, so I remember, you know, obviously Michael Jordan at the, you know, at the beginning of his time, and the end of the Pistons, and yeah, and Dennis Rodman playing for the not but before he played for the Bulls, playing for San Antonio, and and then the obviously the Pacers. And the well, I played and with stuff.
1: great players. I played with Isaiah Thomas, Vinnie Johnson, uh, uh, at at Detroit, um, at, at Milwaukee. It was Marcus Johnson and Junior Bridgman, and. And then I go to, uh, to Utah and play with Carl Mailman Malone and John Stockton. And then I, uh, in Cleveland, it was Larry Nance and, and Mark Price and Brad Doherty. I mean, you know, I played against, uh, I played with a lot it's of great players. players yeah. And that's just some of them. Mark
3: uh, Price is a hell of a shooter. That's amazing. Yeah, Number
1: 25.
3: Is. Now, do you still keep in contact with any of these guys, like on a daily basis or monthly? Or? No. Uh, you know, guys kind of go your a, own way? We
1: have a mutual admiration and respect for one another occasionally mm-hmm. through uh, some of the social media, like not Facebook, but through LinkedIn uh, occasionally or uh, uh, through the NBA uh, Retired Players Association uh, occasionally. But <laughs> uh, Bobby Wilkerson and I, Bobby grew up in Anderson Played at Anderson Madison Highs, was my teammate at Indiana University. We're, we're great friends and have been friends and since uh, for about 50 years. We played against each other in junior high and <laughs> against each other in high school. Played with each other at, at IU and then uh, against each other in, in the NBA, but uh, have maintained our friendship for over 50 years and also our business associates as well and best That's friends. That's
2: awesome. Does, uh, does Brad Doherty take you to any NASCAR races?
1: Brad is a big NASCAR fan. He's an uh, owner, I, I think. I wouldn't team. doubt that. Brad is a great guy. Just uh, he loves the game, loves uh, loves the race, and loves the outdoors. He's an outdoorsman and uh, just a, a first-class human being as well.
2: well very mm-hmm. cool. Well, we're getting to that point in the show. Where we probably need to start wrapping things up and uh, and see where things go. Uh, as always, give everybody a chance for final thoughts. We'll start with uh, we'll start with Cade and and Chris, and they'll work our way around the room.
4: I'll switch gears just a little bit, Um, pretty far off topic from basketball, (laughs) but March March twenty sixth is the deadline for the bump stock ban. So if you're a gun owner out there and you've got a bump stock, you've got until March twenty sixth to get rid of it, destroy it, turn it into a federal (laughs) agency, report it stolen. Yeah, now there's there's it's estimated there's a half a million gun owners out there that have one or more. Yeah, and they I think know. they're going to get all of those off the Some street. of those guys, I'm sure, yeah. have have had boating accidents where they've lost them in boating accidents, which yeah. you have until March 26th to have a boating accident. <laughs> or you face 10 years and uh, $250,000 in fines. And
0: it's a fel- That's it's the most
4: a ridiculous. Our jail's are already full. I don't know where we're going to put all these criminals. So by the stroke of a pin, there's that many felons across the nation. Crazy. Half um, a million. Half a million people. Half a by million. A, or I, more, or one more. One signature.
2: Yep. When are you guys going to start selling tomatoes down the, up the road? Uh, normally, not until July. Yeah, when's when's produce come around?
4: End of June, July. June,
2: July.
5: Yeah. But you're, you guys are still They're, selling meat. you of selling steak. Yeah, your beef meet, right now.
4: Year round. For sure,
5: he's um, he's so dense, man. I'm trying
4: to give him yeah. the plug, and he's just like, "Oh no, <laughs> oh hell, we're close to August." <laughs> 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 that's, that's not my part of the farm, man. Um They do
3: have some really good donuts here,
4: though.
5: kid's like, I just worry about the crops. Also,
4: <laughs> yeah. Also, I do have a Harley for sale. If Are you does. still uh, yeah. selling yeah. that? Donnie if Baker out there is boat, looking you're for a still road Harley. Harley. A really nice road glide. It's a 2012. If that, uh, if, if if someone buys it.
5: And because you're offering a hundred dollars to the person, mention like my name producer, Chris it. Cuffey. Yeah. If, if you okay. buy it,
4: mention one of these guys names and I'll give him a hundred dollars.
5: No, if, if you buy it and you mention boss hog Liberty, mention then it boss goes Hogg. towards us getting three cameras set up in exactly. the studio. If
4: you buy it, and mention
5: the show. Kate will
4: just buy the cameras. Exactly. We're set up. Yep. done. I absolutely yeah. will. <laughs> Honestly, I'd like to get rid of it. That um, could be a business write can, off. As can, well. can I talk yes. to you? Yeah. Yes. Can I yeah. talk you into a
2: motorcycle?
6: Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> producer Chris, um the only thing that i really have is can't mention the city council and i would just like to iterate to all of our viewers who already possibly know that i am actually running for city council uh war three against jerry walden um, in the same race as not against let's let's work yes, on the messaging here. i'm sorry uh, not on. against we were both interviewing for the same job so there you go throw the bombs out that's what chris says <laughs> throw them all out <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right mr benson any final thoughts, anything we missed, anything you
1: need to promote? Well, I'd just like to say uh, thank you all for the opportunity. I'd like to thank your uh, listeners and viewers for their tremendous support over the years. uh allowed me the opportunity to, to share a little bit about my life and uh, the successes, but most importantly, the people who've been very instrumental in, in my life, uh, and also the, uh, uh, the fact that uh, the charities that i'm involved with there's there's several others but the two primarily is Bible, bibles for ballers we're always looking for people to to assist us in supporting that as a 501 c3 that's pending and then also the indiana class basketball all-star classic uh uh where we honor all classes of basketball both boys and girls and that is a 501 c3 as well so uh thank you all for this opportunity and uh God bless uh, each and every one of you and your families and and listeners, as well as Newcastle, Indiana. Very cool.
5: Dakota Davis. All right. uh, My final thoughts are first of all, thank you, Kent, for coming on. It was really cool. Really cool to hear your stories and everything that you had to all of your experience within the world of basketball. Thank you. Really neat. Uh, My final four picks I have Duke, Gonzaga, Virginia, and North Carolina. Can you tell me what state all four of those teams are even in there, Mr. Uh, I know what basketball I is
2: in March only?
5: I have I do have Gonzaga uh winning it all.
2: Of course they're from Utah.
5: Yeah, but the yeah, Utah. Um where are they from? I have no idea where Gonzaga's from. <laughs> I know where I literally watch basketball during March. That is that is when I watch college basketball. I yeah. I I get into it during tournament time though. I, I get into every sport during tournament time, yeah. but like uh, if ahead of that, I just I have other things going on and I just don't really care as much. But tournament time, I, I get into it. I start watching the games. All right. But uh, I, this is my second year. I was telling you before the show started that I've had Gonzaga come come on, uh, winning it all. I'll take your opinion. I got seriously, I got you know, close
2: when you know where they play
5: yeah (laughs) that's probably a good good prediction i was i was also telling you before the show that i i basically just went through the list um it was like you took the vegas odds yeah it was like 10 o'clock at night and i'm laying down in bed and i was like i i need to fill this out so i just went through and and i just saw what the odds are and i just went through and just just went with the, the odds and then of course, as you get past the initial round of games, the, the starting games, you there are no rounds because it's there's too many variables, right? So they don't, obviously, <laughs> the, your odds pickers don't go nine through. Nine quintillion? And, yeah, something like that. That's probably right. It is nine for the quintillion. Perf-
3: yeah, for the perfect bracket.
5: There's one in nine quintillion. There's one in nine quintillion? Is that serious? Are you being for real?
3: Yeah. If you stack that paper to paper, it'll go to Paluto, the former planet, <laughs>
5: 9 times. <laughs> They're <and> back. <laughs> They're in back. 9 quintillion. Okay, but obviously that's way too many for the even the greatest mathematicians in the world. So I was left to my own devices. And I was like I have to pick.
2: It's uh, eventually you so, just have to start keeping your own lies straight. So you
5: know what I did was I I just there ESPN's got this really nice thing where you can see basic stats. And basically I sat there for like an hour and a half <laughs> and I'm looking up the stats for each individual team. You're going to get beat by somebody who so pick was, them on uniform color alone. You're
2: um, what? Your wife? I, I, anybody. I, I'm just, it's, it's your
5: wife is kicking butt in the is, group right now.
2: My wife is an IU graduate, man. She takes this very seriously. Ah more, more than I do. Surprise me. I went to Indiana Wesleyan. We, we go, it's a commuter college. We don't have
5: sports. <laughs> Zachary Bertram just said that Dan Cummins went to Gonzaga. There
2: you go. It's a it's in Washington, Washington really? State. Yes. Ah, right. see, Coast. I had no idea. John Stockton is a. I just a Gonzaga, guy. Gonzaga. Yeah,
5: absolutely. I just know that that I've had them picked two years in a row based on their statistics alone. They've been it's a numbers well, game in
1: Washington, I think.
5: Yeah, they they've been like the uh, for
2: about the uh, last fifteen. They're kind of like Dan Butler. Cummins Butler and it. Gonzaga are very similar in their. Um, mid-major to the top of the obviously Gonzaga's maintain it better than Butler has but uh, over, the, over the course of time they've, uh, they've gone from that mid-major to the top
5: <laughs> Sir, Sarah, Sarah's just, mad at me now yeah, because I said she, knows, she doesn't know anything more than uniform collars. Uh-huh. He's the one that said <laughs> uniform collars. So. I wasn't
2: inferring my wife you thought I was talking about my wife. I meant Chase all right. Uh, f- okay. Final thoughts from me, real quick. Uh, some uh, housekeeping things. Uh, next week, the show is on Tuesday, uh, That's right. not on Thursday, because you're jet setting off. I think is I mean, that right?
5: Even, well, Thursday, yes. I will be on a cruise and not having to worry about anything while my brother-in-law stays at my house with my dogs and all of his guns. He doesn't have guns. I have <laughs> guns, but they're, they're still in the same house, I guess. So, yeah. Meaning to say, all you don't right. have to worry about the sulfur springs blackouts yeah turn on my
2: power, huh <laughs> <laughs> so uh, t- no, sh- show next week is Tuesday, the following week uh, dakota 's not quite back yet, and i 've got some travel coming up, so we're th- we 're taking the first week of April off first time since i don 't even know when you 're going to have to go boss hog of Liberty list because we 're taking the week off. We took a week off
5: last fall it 's been vacations
2: as well it 's been a while, yeah, so there you go. Thank you guys so much for uh, for listening and supporting the show been our pleasure uh to have uh to have oh, you on. You. This is uh this has been very fun Kent uh Kent uh Mr. Benson, the uh the IU legend, the NBA number one overall draft pick and uh hopefully uh going to be around Newcastle for a long time and helping us uh promote the promote the hometown and bring it back. It's uh it's a big part of what uh, what the show's been about and we're excited that
0: uh, you're able to join us today. Thank so. you.
2: To God be the glory. All right. We will uh we'll see you all next Tuesday.